I see so, it. Brandon, uh, right over there is uh, my grandma's in television. Oh, wait. When you say right over there, I was Above not... my finger. Yeah, I just wasn't looking. Okay, oh, now sure. I'm there. Yeah, so there's a box for it. Uh, but I couldn't get anything to work, so... Uh, yeah. I swapped it for yours. Mine works? Yep. Cool. I've I had that... I've had that since, like, 1989. Cool. It's been a lot of time in a box in a uh, kind of like a shed area uh-huh. um, where it would get, like, the box got rained on and stuff. But uh, apparently it did fine. Yeah, I had to clean the contacts a little bit. but uh, That makes sense. It's working good now. Yeah. Cool. Good job in television. You got that multi-card or something? Not yet, uh, but I've got just a small handful of games. Cool. I bought Thunder Castle. I don't know if you ever played that one. No. Thunder Castle. All right. All right. You ready for this? Hello everyone, welcome to Insert Credit Number 116. Uh, I'm Tim Rogers, that's at 108 on Twitter. Uh, we've got Frank Cifaldi, who's at Frank Cifaldi on Twitter. Say hi, Frank. Hi. Uh, I, I almost said hi, Frank, and I was like, wait, that's like such a lame old joke, and then I just said <laughs> it anyway. Maybe you almost did it, but yeah. not because of the lame joke, because it also, you know, why not do it that way, right? Right, it just, it just like, it was it was an automatic, just trigger response to that. And I, I and almost I, said, hi, Frank. Yeah, and I, I don't I don't like that that's in me somehow. But anyway. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Boom. Yeah. Uh, and then we've got Brandon Sheffield, who is at Necrosofty on yeah. Twitter. Say hi, hi Brandon Sheffield. Hello. Say he didn't do it. Because yeah. I said Brandon Sheffield, it didn't create the. Uh, wasn't a pattern. Yeah, but I had too, too many syllables. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Too many syllables, not a fast pattern. And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about patterns. And no, that's a joke. That's not what we're doing. Um, yeah, I'll just go ahead and say it. I want to tell everybody what I've been doing the past couple of days. Uh, so I went to the PlayStation Experience in San Francisco and I showed Video Ball there. Uh, Video Ball, which is coming soon. Uh, Video Ball, which is team-ranked three-on-three online matchmaking, which is cool. Leaderboards and all that. Uh, and then uh, we, we flew Brent Porter in here. Brent Porter's our programmer who lives in Kansas. He's programmer-artist. He's a kind of a real mastermind kind of individual. Uh, and we've been joking for the last, God, four years that someday we're going to watch all three Lord of the Rings movies uh, while Porter is here. And we've been joking for the last three years that someday we're going to watch all three of the Matrix movies while Porter is here. And we've been joking for the last two years that someday we're going to watch all six of the Star Wars movies while Porter is here. And uh, I'll be god darned if uh, we weren't in the get-some-stuff-done sort of mood, what with Video Ball's online multiplayer working now. And... uh, yeah, we just uh, watched all of those in a row, 
in one more or less uninterrupted sitting that was 31 hours and 16 minutes in length. Uh, which, which versions of all of those did you watch? We watched the most freely available Blu-ray uh, of each, mm. which is, so, yes, the four-hour-long Lord of the Rings. Is, yeah, uh, right. It was kind of a nightmare, so the extended <laughs> edition. Uh, by the end of it, it was like, those movies are cool. You know, whatever. Uh, they're all cool. Star Wars is real cool. Uh, I don't know. You can have fun with... Even those stupid prequels are... Uh, it's just insane. You know? I mean, it's just a bunch of stuff to look at, and it all looks really neat. Yeah. It's like looking at a bunch of super heavy metal magazine covers or... Uh, novel covers from the 50s and 60s, you know? It's like looking at all that stuff, but it's in motion. Anyway, so I guess my first question, and I have questions that are themed around uh, this basic sort of thing, but uh, uh, what does anybody think about Lord of the Rings, The Matrix, and Star Wars, just to get that out of the way, because that's not what this is about. Oh, Um, I thought Lord of the Rings was uh, fine, uh, if not... Kind of boring at po- at points, but uh, very pretty to look at. Uh, yeah, whole, whole lot of trees in there. Um, a lot of trees. And then I've only seen the first Matrix in theaters. Ah, uh, good, wise choice. Yeah, and uh, I thought the first half of that was really interesting, and then the second half of that was just a lot of bullets flying around. Seems to be my memory of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like I remember, like I could, I could think of it completely different now if I saw it again. Like maybe I was having a bad day or something, but I remember feeling kind of swindled by it. Like they were setting up something really interesting, and then they yeah. just kind of took it away and went, "Nah, it's just some some guns now." They were setting up some sci-fi VR stuff that a couple other movies had done, uh, but yeah. they were like having this weird spirituality about it, and you thought maybe it was going to go somewhere cool, and then then there's a there's just some rec- rescue mission at the end. I actually have the Roger Ebert review of that movie open right here, and he's like, you know, it's full of excitement, but it retreats to formula just when it's getting interesting. So there you go. It's kind of a letdown when a movie begins by redefining the nature of reality and ends with a shootout. It doesn't end with a shootout. Yeah. It ends with the guy realizing he can stop bullets in midair. So, yeah, so it's not really a shootout. Yeah, it was, it's kind of a one-sided shootout. Yeah. He can stop the bullets because he asks Morpheus, are you saying I can dodge bullets? And he says, I'm saying when you're ready, you won't have to, uh, which is uh, <laughs> what he means by a... Uh, yeah, you're going to be able to stop them in the air. I guess that's the thing. Uh, Star Wars, right? Is that the, yeah. the other one? Yeah, um, Star Wars, baby. All okay. of them. There's well, really two trilogies here. Yeah. Uh, they are... So one thing I discovered while watching all six of them in a row... First of all, it's the first time I ever watched all three. Uh, or all six Star Wars in... I watched them in canon order, which I think is a bad idea. But I've, I, th- I thought that would be the way to do it. So that's episode one, two, three, four, five, six mm-hmm. for anybody, anybody uh, who doesn't know that. That's how you count to six. That's uh, how you count. Canon. Yeah, that's how you can and count. It's the can- it's the canon count saga. Uh, so, uh, so it really is two trilogies. The prequel trilogy is a different type of movie. 
it is certainly a different type of film in my in in what I was able to call my opinion. So anyway, yes, what do you think about Star Wars, Frank? Uh, I have seen Star Wars. I've seen oh. the first half of Empire Strikes Back. Whoa! And I've seen uh, episode one without sound at a bar while doing other stuff. So oh, that, sounds, is, uh, that is my Star Wars experience. It had subtitles. That's, and, yeah, wow. And Man, I did that's read amazing. Them. You don't um, have to hear the wooden delivery. You don't, you don't get to hear Jar Jar. Uh, no, I don't, I don't actually... I, I, I think I know what Jar Jar sounds like. Like in my head, it's it's sounds just like Tim. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I. No, that's not at all what I uh, imagined. Um, I uh, I think Star Wars is a is a fun movie. Um, I, I was very compelled by the first half of Empire Strikes Back, and then I don't even know why I stopped watching it. Like I had to go to dinner or something, and and then it's just five years passed, and I still haven't. Rewatched the uh, the rest of it. You've been um, to dinner for a long time. It's been a, it's been years that I've been to dinner, and uh, I I I definitely I, I have nothing against Star Wars, and I'd like to sit down and watch Star Wars. I just haven't done it. Um, I think I have a weird mental block when it comes to committing to watching an entire film uh, that I have a hard time getting over. It just always seems daunting, and I never do it. All right. Well, I guess it's my turn. Uh, Tim appears. Is Tim working? So we we got Tim still here. No. No. I guess Tim's gone. All right. <clears throat> well, <laughs> I guess uh, I guess I will uh, say what I think about these things. Um, <clears throat> so which one did I start with? Uh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. That's got a bunch of elves. Yeah. Elves are fine. Um, it's got a bunch of CG. CG I don't really like. Uh, and it a whole bunch of memes came from it. So that's, you know, take it or leave it. That's what happened. Um, depends on the memes, sure. Yeah, it depends on the memes. It's fine. I saw them in the theater. I think I saw all three. Um, but I think I saw all three. I should pretty much tell you about how... Uh, how how well it stuck in my in my memory. I feel like I've seen it all, but uh, I don't really remember. Um, the Matrix. I saw the first one in the theater as well mm-hmm. with some high school friends. Um, I also saw it with actually no with middle school friends. It was with uh, uh, it was with Nick, who you know. Yes. And uh, gosh, someone we've probably lost contact with. I don't even remember who it was. Cool. Um, I saw it and I was like, that was okay, but I've read a sci-fi book before, so these are not new ideas to me, but then I got really immediately annoyed because people started being like, not my friends, but other people started being like, holy shit, did you ever think about how we could just be in the Matrix? I'm like, yeah. I thought it, I wrote a short story about that when I was eleven. <laughs> and, uh, not to not to say that I'm special, but those other people are very not special, I guess, uh, is how it works. So uh, fool me once, shame on me, etc. So I did not watch the other two movies. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, so you, you didn't either? Okay. And, nope. and I, I do want to add that I also um, had that experience where. You know, I saw it and was like, eh, it's fine, I guess. 
and wasn't really compelled by it. And then uh, it seemed like everyone around me uh, just couldn't get over how uh, how it just broke their brains, and, and they'd never thought about this stuff before. And yeah. uh, I uh, I don't know. It, it was. I don't, I already kind of felt like a, a, a superior jerk at that point, so it, I, I'm not gonna say it was the start of that, but uh, it did. It, it certainly did uh, fuel me. Yeah, fuel, fuel my jerkhood. Yeah, it didn't didn't take you down a peg to see that everybody else was a noob. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. In 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 college, the same guys that were like, "Oh my god, the Matrix," were the same guys that uh, that. Their takeaway from Fight Club is, "What if we started a Fight Club?" <laughs> <laughs> Those were the same guys, um, and and a Fight Club was indeed started in my in my college. And this one uh, nerdy dude with the long hair kicked a guy in the balls, and that was the, <laughs> that was the end of the fight. That club. was the end of the Fight Club. So someone talked about it. Yeah, someone. Yeah. Oh, and many many people talked about it. You know, I've never seen the movie Inception. Because the the uh, reaction to it from people uh, reminds me so much of the reaction uh, to the Matrix that oh. I think I won't like it. I think when I saw Inception, I was I was too old to to know anybody that didn't think it was just another dumb movie <laughs> <laughs> at that point. So that's kind of how that went. Um, and then with the Star Wars, I feel like I've probably related these things before to people. But um yeah, so with the original Star Wars, I'm pretty sure I've seen some of all of the um episodes, the the original trilogy and mm-hmm. I I remember parts of them, but I'm not sure if I totally remember them or if they they're just culture ubiquitous or whatever. Right. But the main thing say about star wars is i did not dislike it but i didn't get into it and when i was 10 and we would rent videos from the library uh, my dad wanted to show me star wars i think it was the empire strikes back in fact and i was watching it for a while and then i was like hey dad can we change it back to cabinet of dr caligari which is a um (laughs) 1920s silent german expressionist film yes it is so (laughs) if you were ever wondering if there was a time where i was not a high and mighty pretentious jerk then the answer to your question is right there Uh, (laughs) and uh <clears throat> yeah, and I wasn't even conscious of it at that time. I just wanted to watch that movie again because I liked it. Um, yeah. And then, uh, as for the new trilogy, I saw the first one. My friends, my high school friends, again, wanted to s- skip school to go see it. We didn't exactly have to skip because of it. It, it meaning episode one? Or... Episode one, yeah, episode one. Oh, apparently um, we're off air, but anyway, go on. Uh, yeah, we can ju- let's just record an episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, yeah. So I saw that with those guys, and man, I hated it so much. Um, you haven't seen it with the sound, so this doesn't mean anything. To <laughs> it it starred it starred. I think that Haley Joel Osment guy who is. Yeah. Um, so he started Darth Vader. 
as a young person. Right, yeah. And L- Lil was, Darth. Yeah. Yeah, Lil Darth, baby Darth. And he was learning to force things with the force and whatnot, and that was fine. Um but like he was shooting around in uh in an X Wing or whatever kind of a wing that it was. I don't know. It might not have been an X Wing. But uh I just remember him going, Take that and that Wow. And that was exactly how he acted. In my brain, that's how it is. And then there's Jar Jar going like, you said people gonna die? Like, totally, um, mammy, uh, like, African-American stereotype blackface style. Though it was, of course, not supposed to be that at all. Mm-hmm. It was, like, using those exact tropes and acting the same way as, as minstrel style. Well, um, Lucas uh, is inspired by films of, of a very racist era. Yes. So, so it wouldn't be surprising to uh, to uh, find out after he's dead and we've hooked his brain up to our future computers and, and ripped the files out. Yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be surprising to find that uh, the, the character inspiration was, uh, in fact, based on Al Jolson's blackface performance. Yeah, yeah. it would not be surprising. Um and uh just just related to that that um <clears throat> that that George Lucas guy he was yeah. involved in i think i may have told this story before but he was involved in one of the LucasArts Star Wars games i guess he was involved in several of them but um his involvement amounted to and people can figure out which one it was based on on what i'm about to say but uh his involvement amounted to coming in after the game was mostly done and changing a bunch of things about the story, including uh, naming, renaming the bad guy Icky Insaney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was George Lucas's big idea. He's like, nah, I'm, you know, I'm not really reading bad guy off yeah. of this dude. I, I, what if we gave him a, a really clever name like Icky Insaney? <laughs> Then um, people will know yeah. that he's bad. Yeah, then they'll know. So uh, since we've lost Tim, um, let's see. We sh- we if we try to keep with the uh, the theme. The theme. Of yeah. Well, let's let's try it. Let's in remembrance of Tim. So I feel let's like try, let's try to go on as if he were here. In the, uh, I do. I do want to say that that I, yeah. I do kind of want to watch the Star Wars stuff. Oh, me too. Uh, yeah, I, I I will totally sit down and watch it. It seems fine. Um, I but. I feel like we probably will not be surprised by everything. I think we no. we know what Star Wars is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was having a discussion about this recently with someone. Like, well, what is Star Wars? What does it even have? And when I think about Star Wars, it's like a series of cool sound effects hmm. is basically what like Star Wars is in my head. Like, sound there effects are, are really cool. Yeah, there are good sound effects in there. The sound design is pretty amazing. Um, and yeah. also, just a, a whole kind of a marvel of model making. Yeah. Um, there's that, and just the, the effects at the time were were quite impressive. But um, I don't think there's like a, a, a story there, you know, that, that is worth remembering. No, and it is, it is very based on uh, Akira Kurosawa Hidden Castle and stuff. Yeah. And so, um... Yeah, it's, it's not like a news story or anything, but I think it will be entertaining to watch, and uh, it'll it'll be one of those things for me, like like when I watched Passion of the Christ with Tim, 
and mm-hmm. and I kept being like, "Who's that guy? What's this thing?" And he, having gone to uh, church as a child, mm-hmm. knew the answers to my questions. And and suddenly, I knew who Pontius Pilate was, uh, and Ben Hur. He's the guy in the fighter sense. plane. Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. he's a he's he's the fat fighter pilot, Pontius yeah. pilot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I feel like maybe there there will be some kind of uh, tra- transcendent moment of understanding some other references in right in popular culture. Like uh, long ago, insert credit writer Chris Woodard recently wrote a thing for Zam dot com about. Um, Final Fantasy XII being his favorite Star Wars film. And so he makes a, a bunch of parallels between the two and and then uses those parallels as, as kind of like a construct for on which to put the rest of his argument. And I unfortunately, the, par- the parallels are kind of lost because I didn't play Final Fantasy XII and I didn't watch Star Wars. Right. But I feel like it's a compelling subject that I would like to... <laughs> know more about it. It's, so. it's got a good headline. Yeah, it's got a good headline for sure. Um, but yeah, keeping with the this, the theme of patterns, mm-hmm. we could definitely talk about um, video game series. And, series? Uh, uh, how does patterns relate to series? Well, so we... I, I feel like talking about the... You know those blockbuster films that are all trilogies. Ah, is is sort of like, you know the the with Star Wars and the Matrix. Those are kind of they're they're set they're originals, but but they have also their their culture has reverberated. Right. Um, and Lord of the Rings, of course, is not original. But then you take something like The Hobbit, which was one book, and you make that three movies. Um, I don't know. I feel like there's 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 something weird in there. Like the 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 analogy to the Hobbit for me would be something like okay, this is rather obscure, but uh, I'm sure there's a better better example. But Valis Four came out on the PC Engine first as a you know CD game, mm-hmm. and then it got brought to the Super Nintendo, and they added a few. They added some sprites and rearranged how the game played. Like they changed the magic system, and then they made um, they made Valus Four for Super Nintendo essentially like a speedrun game because uh, the the longer you take to get to the boss, the more the boss's health goes up, mm. uh, which is interesting and weird. And it was very like precise action game, whereas. Valus 4 was, uh, I keep calling it, they're the same game. Valus 4 for PC Engine was more of a, like a hangout game and you could switch between characters and it was like a, a totally different vibe. Um, so that's like kind of what, uh, Peter Jackson did with The Hobbit. He was like, alright, let's just, let's draw this out here. Yeah. See how much we can do with this. Are there well, it, it it reminds me of uh, something I said in in a recent episode of this show. Um, I think it might have been related to the Final Fantasy VII remake or something, oh. um, where I said that uh, the idea of of an HD remake uh, has never appealed to me because it it just I don't know it it feels like Ted Turner colorizing It's a Wonderful Life or something. Yeah. Um, 
But but something about the Final Fantasy VII remake having a bunch of different stuff in it feels less to me like revisionist history and more like a different performance of a play. Yeah, so we... Like I, I feel like we must have talked about this on the show, but I, we didn't have one for like two weeks, so I, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if we did. But I definitely remember saying to someone that, you know, I my hope was that a Final Fantasy VII remake was going to be uh, kind of like Crisis Core, where they take another. Oh yeah, we did talk about this because we talked about Adventure Children. That's right. Yeah. Um, but how I was hoping it would take kind of a different different uh path to the same destination kind of thing um and show us show us some other stuff um and it sort of seems like that's what they're going to do based on this this trailer and the fact that that was at PSX and the fact that they're kind of going to make it more of a hack and slash situation and it's episodic mm-hmm. like there's a bunch of interesting stuff about that this it's all sounds exactly like the lord of the i mean uh, the hobbit right it i does. mean he did that right, yeah. So like that's that's they're basically doing that. Uh, they're they're chopping it up into episodes. They're they're changing the perspective, and that's that's interesting. Um, the only thing that's unfortunate about it to me is that Square Enix has never particularly been good at um, hack and slash type stuff. Mm. So it it might wind up being Kingdom Hearts, which. Which will uh, make the people who want this happy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But I feel like... I feel like those people probably remember Final Fantasy VII being a bit darker and more adult. And now Mm. that they're actual adults, they might find it regressive to go back to to that sort of thing. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think... I think, frankly, like... Any any Final Fantasy person that ever likes Final Fantasy is gonna want to play this game. I want to play it. I want to know what they're gonna do. Like it's it's yeah. weird. I don't care that much about stuff, but <laughs> I want to try it. Want to see what uh, what it's gonna be. Like they put the graphics in. That's cool. Yeah, they they put a lot of those in there. Yeah, they put um, in the graphics. They put in um, like you can go to parts of the city that you could never go to before. That alone. Right is exciting and interesting, like it was CG previously. Right. Um, yeah, actually, this this leads me to a, a, a tangent, which is mm-hmm. um, that low-score boy guy who was... Uh, he, he, he did that video about uh, the Saturn's processors and how it does transparency, and it's, like, super, super interesting um, just tech specs for the Saturn and why everything on the Saturn is the way it is. Really interesting. But he did another video without my noticing it about the different video encoding uh, styles that were on the Saturn. Mm-hmm. Also an interesting video. But it 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 references Final Fantasy VII because um, since the PlayStation had uh, an MDEC processor, which was uh, not processor, um, MDEC compression system um, in the hardware, it was easier for it to do better video. But mm-hmm. also because it was in hardware, you could you could put objects, including 3D objects, on top of FMV 
um, very easily. Ah, okay. And so for Final Fantasy VII, like when when Cloud gets to the big friggin' factory thingy, I well, there's a few moments of like that, but yeah, I think that might be the first one. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, that's the first one, and and like the camera shifts up. But it's yeah, like, and it does this cool effect where, like, the final frame of that movie is then the pre-rendered background you're about to watch. Yes, yeah. So it works really well. Yeah, it's it's really it's really great, and it's a it's a cool weird trick that I had never thought about being a trick before today. <laughs> well, I um, I have, but but I, that's because I have the totally uh, unique experience of having played Final Fantasy VII for the first time about a year ago. Right. Yeah. 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 So, do you know, I, I kind of know how stuff works now. Yeah. And uh, I, I noticed that and, and was very impressed by it. And I will say that uh, uh, if I were, like, 13, I would think that was a pretty dark game. But uh, I find the game to be uh, fairly lighthearted and goofy and Yeah, well, that's, that's one of the things about uh, this kind of stuff. Like, you know, I remember being a young person and being like anime is so serious it's (laughs) finally finally there's some serious animation for grown up big kids like me it's not what I thought but that's what I think of my opinion mommy wow I'm a big kid now (laughs) and I help it's it's just like I go back and I'm like man so like I thought that Evangelion was too much of a like a uh, emo 13 year old kid emotions thing for me when I was like 14, 15. Um, but the stuff that I thought was true art was also the same way, in my opinion. No, <laughs> it's kind of amusing. But, um, I'm curious, do you find now that when you play these older games and you know more stuff, uh, do you, do you find it as engaging? I, I personally find that I find it engaging in a different, in a totally different way. Like, I'm, I'm just like, what did they do here? How did they do this thing? That's cool. Oh, older games in general? Yeah. Um, like if you played, like if you play some Saturn game for the first time or a Super Nintendo game for the first time, like if you, if you've got like ROMs on your, on your Genesis yeah. EverDrive and you load this up and you're like, whoa. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to approach that question because, like, my engagement with games when I think about, like, the the standout ones for me, uh, being young, Mm -hmm. um, tended to uh, mostly be uh, related to how I felt like I was inhabiting a world. Yeah. um, And how real that world felt to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's... I don't know that a game has done that to me in my adult life uh, with, and God, I hate to just always bring this game up, uh, but I I did feel that way with Earthbound, uh, which I played as an adult for the first time, um, because that that was a fairly coherent world, and I don't know, maybe I just never played a game that felt like it was like a city that could exist before or something but like uh deadly premonition kind of does it yeah but in in like a theatrical way the the reason deadly premonition didn't do it for me was because uh there was too much empty area there was there were too many buildings that you know i knew people didn't live in and stuff like that 
Yeah. Um, that I could walk up to and sort of see the seams in. The seams being like, you know, I can go to this house and I can watch people living in it, right? Yeah. But, but this house that's next to it, like, I'm being told people live there, but they don't, you know? Right. And, and, like, whereas um, Final Fantasy VII, like, like, I think it just, by nature of it having pre-rendered backgrounds, uh, felt more felt more like a, a place to me in, in a lot of ways uh, than Deadly Premonition did. Uh, well, I could, because, I could... like, I feel like there's stuff going on that uh, I can't see the seams of because they're, like, off-camera. Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. It's like, in, in Final Fantasy VII, you can't get everywhere. Right. You're, you're, not, um, you're not allowed... To see everything, and I think, I think giving giving a hint, giving hints of a bigger world, is is really good at doing that. And I wonder, I wonder how they will approach that, if at all, yeah. in yeah. in this. Or maybe it'll be like now, like maybe we'll see YouTube videos of kids being like, "Remember this area that you couldn't go left anymore? Well, look at this. Here, yeah. here we are." Well, there's going to be a lot of that, and like you'll go left, and there'll be a treasure chest or some garbage, but uh. Like, huh? Just, you know, acknowledging, you know, the, the turkey in the wall or whatever. Yeah, or maybe um, there will be a whole area. Who knows? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I remember um, playing... Uh, which one was it? I think it was Leisure Suit Larry 2. Um, and I was in, like, middle school, so I was still fairly young. Um, no, high school. I was, like, ninth grade. Um and I remember so Larry too still had a text parser. Um, and I remember there's a segment in the game where you go to the airport and you have to buy a ticket to go somewhere. And like, I think you go to the, the, the counter and, the, and they ask where you want a ticket for and you can type in whatever you want. And like, I remember that being one of those defining moments where this this world suddenly felt huge to me. Like, mm-hmm. okay, sure, like no, nothing's going to work except the correct answer. But you know, yeah. and, and if that happened to me now, I wouldn't even think about it. I'd be like, yeah, obviously this, you know. But but something something in that moment just was, like blew my mind at the time. Because like I could just type in whatever I want. There's a <laughs> world in here. Yeah, I could fly to Chicago, mm-hmm. where Leisure um, Suit Layer was made. I think. Uh no, I think it was made here in California. Oh okay, because I so the the reason I thought that is because the the laser suit Larry that I went to a party for was in Chicago and uh, ah. was developed by High Voltage. So uh, yeah, it's High Voltage. Yeah, the, the originals were done in house at Sierra proper. Right, right. Which yeah, was uh, Northern California, I think. I knew that. Yes, yes. Um, it's where the Sierra but, uh, Mountains are. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think, yeah, I mean, Deadly Premonition felt alive to me. I, be, I, I the, the characters felt like people, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I don't think that I ever felt like I was uh, inhabiting a, a real place. Yeah, so I don't, I don't have that anymore either, like where I play a game and I'm just swept away or something. But yeah. I do find that I... You know, playing playing older games for the first time, I do get excited about techniques and ideas and stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, just I, when I was playing this, this PC Engine game, 
called uh, Yokai Dochuki, which is about uh, a kid who who falls into hell, and he's got to like fight his way to get re- um, um, uh, reincarnated. I was going to say resurrected, mm-hmm. respawned. Um, <laughs> he, he, oh man, that would be a fun game right there. What happens between when you uh, die and respawn? <laughs> oh, man, I'm gonna think about that one later. Uh, but anyway, uh, it, it's got all this like mysteriousness in it, where you can uh, the first bo- boss you can spend money and and pray at a shrine, and then mm. your 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 grandpa's ghost comes out, and he he has range attacks and uh, that are better, so you can like win easier that way. Or yeah. if you buy some snacks from this this floating ghost guy that's kind of hard to catch, and then in the next stage you give that to a hungry cat, then that cat follows you around and stuff. There's just a bunch of like weird little stuff in there. Yeah. And uh, and it's got six endings, and it was made in 1987, and it's just uh, it's like it's it's weird. There's Things like that just give me hints of like what what else is in here, especially when it's a game yeah. that's that's not Zelda, and so you don't know. Like everybody knows what's in Zelda at this point. My I was talking to uh, my programmer Shane Marks today, and he was talking about how he he decided to one day to go through Ocarina of Time, go through the dungeons backward, because he found that you, you could do that. You could go through them in the reverse order, because you just had to um, go in and get one item, and then you could go beat the boss in whatever order you wanted. And he's like, I don't think uh, I've ever seen anybody else do that, but I just did it because I felt like it. And so I just looked up Ocarina of Time reverse order, and there were like dozens of YouTube videos, because of course... Every, yeah, of like, course. If there's a, if there's any kind of different way, if it's like, uh, Ocarina of Time, standing on your head while eating eggs, right. time, time attack. That that's gonna exist because it's people know about that game and they want more. They want more of that game. I mean, we're we're at a point in, in uh, well, maybe we've always been, but but now we, we we know this like. There are people who play the same old game literally every day yeah. for, like, speedrun reasons. So, you know, of course people have tried that in yeah. Zelda. And, man, I'm, I'm really happy that those people exist, not uh, just for my entertainment, really, because I, I watch tool-assisted tool assisted speedruns. I watch yeah. probably two or three a week. Um, I watch a lot of them, and I find them really really interesting and just just, I would love to I would love to do some series where like you sit down with uh, a Castlevania DS programmer yeah and be like so he he got through the walls right here and then he's floating up through the side and like what what's what what do you think's going on? <laughs> right. Um, like, or how does this make you feel? Like, I would I would love to have a, a step by step commentary and like a like. Well, a, you, you get that sometimes on the live events. Like, I, I think sometimes they do have the programmers in there. Like, I, I think that happened with uh, the mask on Super Nintendo or something. Oh, did it? They, they had the programmer there. Uh, 
to watch the speed run. I, I, someone told me about that. I oh man, that's it. cool. I should look. Yeah. I should look at uh, that sort of thing happening because I, I certainly enjoy that kind of business. Yeah. Um, I was thinking related to this this the 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 weird first prompt. Are there any video games that are trilogies? Most of the ones that succeed just keep going, and they tend to not have like an arc of that sort. Right. Um, I almost felt like Halo Three was trying to be an arc, but it didn't. I mean, like a, a three-part arc thing, but they didn't, yeah. it just kept going. So, uh, Fantasy Star One, Two, and Four is more or less a trilogy. Mm. I guess that's true. Um, and it's not just because, like, they made, uh, I mean, it's not just because they didn't make anymore. Yeah. Um, like, they, it, it does sort of wrap up, you know, and it, it's not a great story or anything, but, but, uh, it does tie the three games together and then they're never really referred to again. Yeah. I guess it doesn't really, it doesn't have to be, they don't have to be in sequence for them to be a trilogy, really. Sure. Um, really. and, uh, I like there, there are certainly games that just didn't get popular enough past their third right. installment. So, like Streets of Rage, that's a yeah, that's a trilogy, I guess, just by accident. Um, oh, and there's a Die Hard trilogy. It's called. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's based on the movies. Um, have you ever played that? It's a weird. Uh, no, I've, I've I've seen footage though. Yeah, it's like you're doing a sequence from each of the first three movies, essentially. Not not really a sequence, but it's like okay, first one we're going up the tower and we gotta beat the guy, and then yeah, like each one has its own extended mini game. Right? Yeah, and then it's like okay, this one is the the airport thing on a plane. Um, I don't remember which Die Hard that was, but yeah, I really only like the first one. Um. I've only seen the first one. Uh, the, actually, I, I also saw the the one that happened in the two the first one that happened in the two thousands. Mm. And uh, and like Die Hard with a Vengeance. Is yeah, that? and like yeah. It, it was either Silent Bob or Jack Black. I mean, it's basically the same person. Um, sure. Who was like a master hacker guy, and we were all supposed to like that. And it was so stupid. <laughs> the movie, movie sucks. Um, uh, but trilogies, I mean, that's a, that's a good question. Like, I feel, I kind of wish Phoenix Wright was. Yeah, it's, I, I was thinking about that too, but there, there are a lot more than Yeah. That. Was Professor Layton a trilogy? I don't think so, and there was a, there was a Phoenix Wright right. crossover with that as that's well. That's probably why my brain went right to yeah. uh, that as the next, uh, candidate. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um... I feel like there could be a trilogy somewhere in Silent Hill. I know that Silent Hill 1 and 2 have continuity. Right. I, sorry, 1 and 3. Um, but 2 does not, which is too bad. Um, there's probably, if you look somewhere, there's a trilogy within the Resident Evil series. Probably, yeah. Yeah, but I, I, I can't put my finger on it because they really... Just kind of spread those out, and they're like, "All right, this this one this time we're going to focus on this character, and uh, and this thing's going to happen." 
I feel like those folks should be the most capable at dealing with zombies in the entire universe. And anytime a zombie comes, they should just be like, "All right, we're gonna get one yeah. of the one of the four stars members, and they're gonna solve this whole problem for us." It's not a it's not an issue. They've done just it. Send them all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why don't they ever send them all? Like, I don't know. So, well, I guess they did in the first one, but most of them died. In that um. I don't know if this counts or if it's uh, revisionist history by the author or not, but uh, Monkey Island was meant to be a trilogy. Oh. Um, and, and I do uh, believe that um, because I know that he wrote out his character's arcs uh, first, and I know the second one was based on that arc, and he, and he had the arc in mind for the third one. Um, but uh, I don't know if Again, like you know, that, that's he could be uh, he could be uh, making it up, or even like having having convinced himself of that, or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Panzer Dragoon, that's a trilogy. Uh, Orda, if if you don't count Orda, well, or if you just say Panzer Dragoon one, two, and Saga, that is basically. I, th- I think it's fair uh, to not count things after the fact, because I mean, like. Yeah. We think of Back to the Future as a trilogy. Right. right? But there's uh there's a Telltale game that's canon and and some right. comic books and stuff. So like I, I I think you can do that. Um yeah. so, you know, does that happen in games where it's like there's a logical trilogy but then they keep going? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. I'm sure that's happened. Yeah, it's like, you know, this thing's popular enough, we may as well do another one of these. I wonder if I, I wouldn't I'd... be surprised if, like, Legacy of Cain is a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, and I guess episodic games probably shouldn't count. No. Because they're, they're sort of designed to be pieces of a whole. But but they're also... I mean, they maybe they sort of do count because, you know, those Lord of the Rings movies, they all end on cliffhangers or whatever. It's like, oh, no, but now the big battle... Yeah. See you next time, or whatever. Well, those are the books, too. Yeah. Yeah, those, you know, were those designed as a trilogy, or did that happen? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel like they kind of were. Anyway, uh, I guess the point is Fantasy Star is video games only true trilogy. Yeah, I think that's the point. Cool. As long as you don't count the one that doesn't count. Mm hmm. All right, well, we talked about that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to the subject of, of feeling uh, like I'm in a world, uh, you know what still works for me? What's that? Is ex- like extremely low res, maybe even no texture, 3D, still feels yeah. uh, mysterious to me. Yeah, I like um, that too. Or like, uh, I don't know if this is the same category, but it feels the same for me, but I... I, I recently uh, launched Virtual Hydelight for the first time, mm. and I was like, why does this feel like a place to me more than like a, a real 3D game? Yeah, I don't know if I can answer this, that one. This feels solid somehow. But you mean, uh, like, is even with that dude where, like wearing a burlap sack, just that... that... Well, not him, but the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I was looking today at, at video of a game called Baroque which came out for the Saturn and PlayStation 1, and then had a port on the PS2 and Wii later on. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just one of those really weird 
games with Japanese style monsters that just it feels like it's another place and it's, yeah. and that place is not Japan it is some bizarre alternate mythology is because it, it like mixes uh, weird like Panzer Dragoon style architecture with um, some kind of steampunky machinery things and um, and traditional Japanese monsters that have been kind of updated. It's sort mm-hmm. of part of the Shin Megami Tensei um, uh, universe, mm-hmm. so they they get to use a lot of their aggressively weird monsters in there. And yeah, just looking at that stuff, it's like it's real compelling. And I wish I had the time to play it all, um, all of these things. Like I say that a lot. Recently, I was looking at this Saturn game called Daedalus, and it's a Doom-style first-person shooter. Um, and, you know, like, switch, open the switch for the door to get to the thing and do the stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the kind of game that it is. And, uh, and you know, shoot robots and, and whatever. It's called Daedalus, so it's kind of... It's, it's, like, in space. Anyway... Um, but this was a Doom style game made in Japan for consoles, uh, and just so that's automatically weird. And it's automatically weird and interesting to me, and it and it's got a dash button, and uh, it's it's I don't know, it's like all is that all it takes? <laughs> <laughs> I guess maybe that's it. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I can I I still I guess. I don't, I don't get fully absorbed into a world, but I'll have a thing where it's like, okay, uh, I fully, I acknowledge that this is a world. Like, that's, that's good enough. Sure, yeah, 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 yeah. It's and, like, I see what you did, this is cool, I, I like your ideas here. Um, like, I, uh, this, this game, Cyberdoll, which I may have mentioned before, where it's, it's a cyberpunk RPG where you're, and there and there are two really cool things about it which feel really um, like they should be involving to me. One is that the town and the dungeon are the same place. Mm. Like you you talk to the same place that you talk to people is also the place where people are battling you and trying to beat you up. Um, and it's a really cool universe. And then the other thing is it's got a weird battle system and when you beat enemies, you harvest their parts and put them onto your body, and like that's how you level up. You don't level up with experience points or anything. You level up by defeating more powerful opponents and harvesting what's left of them, and then putting it onto yourself in a medical lab. And that it's like that's a cool idea that that works well within a universe. And it it's like somebody sat down and was like, how do we make this all make sense? Uh, yeah. From the very beginning. And and I like that, even if it doesn't work. I'm trying to think of what might make me feel like that again, um, if anything, because I feel like a lot of the reasons I can't get uh, so invested in a game that I feel like I'm in it uh are just because I, I can see behind the curtains a lot more now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think I can still be 
fooled somehow. And I think a lot of it has to do with limitations. Um, well, I think that also being able to see behind the curtains, that doesn't, it doesn't bother me. It, it just, like, it doesn't it, bother me. It just doesn't like it, 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 it just doesn't, uh, you know, it, it 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 separates me a little bit more from the world the more I see that. Yeah, and I, it definitely separates me as well. But I think the being able to see the craft of it engages me in a different way. And in a so, different way, which is like totally fine. Yeah, yeah. but like I'm so done. it it kind of winds up evening out. Oh, and you know, I think another thing might be um, a bunch of these games I'm playing in Japanese, so I have to in invest myself further because I have to like pay attention right because this is not my native language and I have to really be like and I'm, I'm I can't speak it nearly as well or read it nearly as well as Tim can um so like it's not second nature I have to be like what what is this guy saying is this important yeah. information for me and that that uh I guess that probably helps get me in there a little more yeah yeah. I would do it. So maybe you should. Um, what do you speak any other language? Okay. Nope. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would have been my advice. Not at all. Oh. I like. I started thinking about the Last Express, mm-hmm. uh, which I kind of feel like if you revisited that concept now, that could get close because, like. It feels if, if you were to explain the concept to me, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that might work," because it's uh, you're on a train, right? And and things happen in real time, and people have conversations on a schedule with or without you being there, and they have places that they live, like their you know their rooms that they go to yeah. and come out of uh, that you can't access because it's their private rooms. Yeah. Um, and you, you know, you, you have a very limited amount of space in which to walk back and forth in because you're on a train. Yeah. Um, and that feels like it should feel real, and it almost does. So I, uh, I, I bought the iOS version, and it just like I couldn't get into it because I was like, do I have to wait for all these people? Like, how do I, how yeah. do I, how do I do this? Like, where's the thing? Where's what's the thing that I want? I just. I I got yeah I, I got flustered and and I I just quit, which which sucks. Yeah, uh, I, I I get that and and it is one of the unfortunate parts of the Last Express. I think is that uh, I I don't know like when nothing's happening. I, I think that's that's what it comes down to for me. When nothing's happening and you're just supposed to wait, it no longer feels real. Yeah. Um. But it, it, it's still a brilliant game, and, and I do recommend it if, if anyone is uh, interested in, in seeing that, because I, I've always kind of felt like uh, limiting the environment and and just focusing everything you can on it just uh, seems like a good idea uh, for a compelling game world. I feel like Hotel Dusk should have been good, mm-hmm. uh, but it wasn't. Because uh, it's just like you're in a hotel and that's it. It's it's Hotel Dusk is an inferior version of The Last Express. Right. So if you if you like that game, go play The Last Express. Um, yeah, to kind of bring it back around to both that kind of thing and trilogies, I would say uh, Shenmue, which was definitely supposed to be a trilogy. Supposed to be more than that. 
I guess so. I guess maybe it yeah. was. Well, I, maybe it's supposed it will to be, be like like seven of them or something. Maybe it'll be a trilogy eventually or something. <laughs> but anyway, um, there was so much like uh, put on the fact that you could things happen in real time and people were at shops at certain times and things like that and and it was cool conceptually but then mm. it's like alright I need to talk to this friggin guy now I just have to pass time like I yeah. have I gotta hit this pass time button like that's that's dumb <laughs> it's not, yeah it's not fun that's waiting um, and, there, and, and like I don't think any I think uh, having nothing to do in a game could theoretically work uh i don't know what it would take though yeah yeah like you you it like the world has to feel real enough that like you actually go oh yes of course i have to wait because why would he just be here yeah you know and but i I don't think that's that's ever happened in a game it also did its best with you know gave you an arcade and stuff and, and just Sure. Things you could do to pass time, which is kind of cool, but you're not going to be there like eight hours. So, right. Because uh, that's that's weird. Um, yeah. Uh, the the time passing thing now just makes me think of microtransaction games, though. Because <laughs> <laughs> like you know you've got. Um, uh, well, those games like encourage you to not. Uh, spend time doing nothing. Yes, yes. They 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 want you to um, pay. Yeah. Because otherwise you you'll be doing nothing, which is. I mean, it almost makes more sense to me because <laughs> who wants yeah. who wants to do nothing? But but I guess a place where where it's I feel like my lack of experience with with like online games like MMOs is is maybe showing itself in in this segment of the show. Oh yeah, it could be. I, I, you know, I play, I play some free-to-play games with where events happen at certain times and things like that. And it's there. There's definitely something to like. Okay, two p.m. We have to go on a raid. Like that's that's something. That's, yeah. That's worth waiting for, and it makes sense because everybody's got to be there at the same time. Um, another one in which it sort of works for me is that Neko Atsume game, where you're just you put things down and you wait for cats to show up. Mm. And so much of that game works better because it's cats. Because you're just like, yeah, cats freaking show up when they want to. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't, can't make a cat do a thing. It's just a, it's just a cat. Uh, and then also, you know, like they they, they give little, proclivities to each cat so mm-hmm. you know that if you have like a new uh, dome cushion that a cat can go nestle up inside of that, that one of your cats is going to go straight for it because they've put that into the spreadsheet that, 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 that this cat prefers those sorts of things but you just you're like oh yeah he's, he likes his he likes his cushion it's cute yeah yeah actually you know uh I, I hope the uh, clicker thing is over, but uh, I did play Cookie Clicker more or less to completion, and I, I think this goes back to just limiting the world, right? There's like nothing to that game. There's nothing in there, uh, but waiting made sense to me because I understood the numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe something there's maybe there might be something in there. 
that, yeah. that makes sense to me. Like it, like you know, limit limit it to the point where I can't see the seams and make me really understand the the point of waiting, and then and then maybe it uh, it feels real. Yeah, uh, that that progress quest game. Yeah, where the waiting was the entire thing. Yeah, you know, like I would I would still enjoy. Um, you know, on a on a Tamagotchi style thing, something where it's just it's just that. You can, sometimes you can look at it. Maybe you can like, yeah, feed him something. Like that's just just how long have I had this? <laughs> like that's all it is, really. But, yeah, uh, I'd look at it. I'd look at it several times. Pretty maybe much. you're. Uh, maybe th- there is something rewarding about looking at that kind of game when progress has been made, but. Uh, but maybe you're sort of punished by looking early, uh, so that you know you're kind of forced to be patient. There might be that might be sort of a new experience in those kinds of games. Yeah, yeah. Isn't wasn't there something called try not to click or something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it just it sounds like a thing that probably that's, that's probably a thing. So I think we're just over an hour here. If we want to uh, call it a show. Yeah, are we? Did we did we manage to do it? I guess so. Um, Since we started recording, so yeah, we're just about there. Oh, look at that! All right, well, what the heck? We we did we did all right. Yeah, <laughs> for not having anything going on, anything prepared. Um, cool. Well, uh, maybe next time we'll talk about making a game that happens between when you die and when you respawn. Yeah, that'll be a good topic. I'll start thinking about that. That'll be a but, good uh, in the meantime, uh, where can people find us online? They can find us at facebook.com slash insert credit. And um, they can find us at our Twitter handles that we said at the beginning. Um, yep. I also encourage people to sign up for our newsletter on necrosoftgames.com if you want to know about the video games that we make. We're trying to build up our, our list there, so... Yeah. yeah, do that. Do that, please. Um, anything else you want to say, Frank? No, that's it. I've got nothing to plug. All right, then. I guess that's it. Let's stop these recordings, and we'll see right. you all later. See ya. Insert credit show. Over, yeah!